Thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis. Today's show is about the new Belmont Police Station. It has been renovated and added onto, and we're going to get a tour from the architect of the project, Ted Calante. And then afterward, we will speak to the chairwoman of the project, Anne Marie Mahoney, as well as Belmont Police Chief James McIsaac. So we're at the Belmont Police Department. Uh, we're at the new parking lot entrance and we're building a new parking lot throughout this portion of the building. Um, there'll be parking for police all along here. Uh, there's a new sally port that's been added to the building. Uh, the sally port is where someone is brought into the police station as a guest in the back of a cruiser, which is not where you want to come into the police station, but some people can come in that way. There's also an entrance to the, a door, a person door, uh, where people can walk in um, to the building, the renovated building. There's obviously two portions. On the left is the historic structure that we've restored, and on the right is a, an expansion. And we fundamentally doubled the size of the building um, with some very simple moves on top of the existing building that was there. Um, and so we'll walk through, we'll enter through the historic entrance. So we just came in the side entrance uh, where most of the uh, police department will be coming in from and, and or civilians who work in the, in the building. Uh, and, it, and it used to be that this was also the entrance where um, uh, perpetrators would have been brought into the building or detainees would have been brought into the building uh, through the same corridor. Now we've built a, a sally port and it's going to be a much safer entrance, um, both for the people who work here and for the people being brought here. Uh, let's go through the processing area. <coughs> This portion of the building, there's an interview room, so there'll be a one-way mirror glass here uh, where someone can be interviewed to see what their, uh, what their story, what their side of the, the story is and what the, what the police are trying to figure out um, and, and how they, that's come together. So that'll be here. As we come through the door, just watch your step. In here is the processing area. So. Um, there'll be a, uh, uh, the officer is behind this glass window, this secure bullet resistant window. Um, there's a camera that's going to be mounted here, fingerprinting equipment, and the, the uh, um, detainee will be held over in this area and, and photographed and, and processed here through the door. And I'm doing it a little bit backwards. They come in through uh, the sally port and, and into the building this way. So we entered through the person door, but this is a way to get the, the person through. They get processed here and then moved into this side. And as they move into this side, they go to the left to be interviewed or go to the right to be held. And um, the building had not been renovated since 1932 when it was originally built. And uh, the building was in uh, really awful shape. Um, now, obviously, this is all brand new. And the holding cells before were, um, 
there were violations that happened very often that the that the, the police department would get violations very often now they're state-of-the-art holding cells and they're, they're not places that you want to visit but they are uh, state-of-the-art for the town of Belmont so there's uh, three holding cells for men and three holding cells for women, two separate sides. We do bring natural sunlight in. It's a little bit of a cloudy day, but we're trying to make these as pleasant as possible. We don't want to make them awful. Um, but, and there are certain regulations that we followed, and these meet those regulations. So um, one of the um, aspects that the police department never really had before is a central conference room and a place to uh, organize offices and officers and gather around um, in a way that is, is very organized. So this is a, a, a new conference room that's been added onto the building. So now we're going to weave between the, the historic building and the new building, but this is the new building and we're um, in a, a new conference room here that will be state-of-the-art, um, well-lit, a, a gathering place for when we can all gather again without masks. Um, and there'll be audiovisual uh, on one wall, but the space also doubles as an EOC, an emergency operations center, if there's a need for that. There's uh, systems on the peripheral walls and, and, and the table can be taken apart and put on the peripheral walls and, and um, uh, operated as an EOC if we need that. There's entrances on both sides um, so that people can come and go and there's a, a free movement and conference rooms need to be designed with enough space for people to meet but also for people to move around. Just as you can see as people are coming in, we need to have other room, other areas for people to be able to go out. Um, uh, this conference room would be known as the Liz and Graham Allison conference room. There are offices around the perimeter of the building for various functions throughout. So there's offices there, offices here. Um, and again, cloudy day, but sunlight comes in from the exterior windows into here and into the space. And so the idea is to bring sunlight wherever we can into all of these spaces. There's another interview room here. This interview room is um, for alleged victims, and so there'll still be a two-way mirror here, um, but that's another, um, another interview room that's, that's uh, in the building. Um, the, uh, the roll call is down at the end of this corridor, and there's new restrooms that are adjacent to that for, for people who are operating on this floor, so from the conference room to this area. There's an emergency egress stair for the upper floors, but one of the things that the building has never had is an elevator. Um, and there's an elevator down at the end of this corridor that goes from the basement to the top floor, um, and so a person in a wheelchair has never been able to be on those floors, and now that will we've alleviated that problem, and so we'll be able to travel from floor to floor throughout in the new elevator as soon as it's turned on. Back into the historic building. We're still renovating, obviously, but the historic building, this stair, um, is, is going to be restored back to its glory. And we don't lean on the wall. Um, um, there is, um, there'll be access up there. We'll go up there and tour in, in a little bit. Um, but the uh, lobby itself um, has stayed unchanged. Um, we've preserved this and um, with some very minor modifications. This was renovated, the lobby was renovated, when was the lobby renovated, Chief? In the 80s, I believe. 95. The, the lobby was renovated in 95, and so this is the one part of the building that we really didn't touch. So the function, the point about the lobby is the function hasn't changed. Someone would still come and pay their traffic ticket or talk to someone on that side, 
come in and talk to the officer in charge and dispatch, which is on this side. Dispatch is currently in a trailer housed temporarily outside, but they're going to move back into this portion of the building. Um, and dispatch will go back into... Um, officer in charge is in here. Dispatch is in here. There's activity, citizen-focused activity through the, through the um, window into the lobby. And there's communications here. There's also communications from this area to the holding cells. So there's uh, communications across the building that have been installed that weren't here before um, that are now in place to, to make the building, uh, allow the building to meet current day standards. So dispatch will be the first part of the building that opens back up and, and, and we move back into relatively soon. One of the things that we did throughout the whole building was put a sprinkler system in. There was no sprinkler system in the entire building, wow. and so there's now a fire protection system that goes throughout the whole building. So that, that was in that building. There's some lighting that's been updated in dispatch. There's a little bit of heat and air conditioning that's been updated. So it's mostly a systems-based upgrade to parts of the building that, that, were not, um, that were not up to date. In addition, we did a seismic upgrade to the building. So about a week ago, there was maybe an earthquake along that, that people felt along the Cape. Um, and so we've seismically upgraded the existing building because a, a masonry building is very brittle um, and this masonry building has a lot of holes in it and, and a brittle masonry building with holes in it is going to crack in, a, in an earthquake. So we tied all the floors into um, the masonry walls to stabilize those. So they all move as one as opposed to moving individually. So, so there's a number of upgrades that are behind the scenes kind of not, you know, not visible um, as, in, as part of preserving a historic building. Those are things we have to do. So we're now in the office space uh, portion of the building, and this is primarily administrative staff. Um, and um, there were many layers of history. There are, are many layers of history in, in any building, especially one of this vintage. Um, one of the things that we were able to save and preserve on the inside are the, the maple floors. We discovered after we pulled up some finishes that the floors were actually not in terrible shape. They hadn't been tended to in many, many years but we sanded them all down and polished them and you get a glimpse of, of how, they, how they've come out. They weren't really salvageable on the first floor, but they're very salvageable up here. And so the chief's office, for example, um, we're going to see there's a, the, the, it's, it's still uncovered um, and there's just a big expanse of, um, of maple, which is period appropriate. So the floors, as I said, are, um, have a little patina, but they've been sanded and brought up to, to snuff. Some boards have been replaced here and there, but, they're, but we're bringing the history back of the building, not only on the exterior, but on the interior. Um, the windows have all been replaced throughout the building. The windows used to be very leaky. Some didn't close. A lot of them let in snow and birds and all kinds of things. And so we were able to make them period specific and bring those, uh, 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 replace the windows with new energy efficient thermal insulated windows that are approved by the Historic Commission. And not, not dry. Anymore? Not drafty anymore. Not drafty, unless someone props them open with a screwdriver or something. But no, they're not drafty at all. But is that fan staying? Is that fan original? The fan is staying. The fan. Oh. There are fans of the fan. Oh, you're let's, a fan of the fan. Let's say that. There, there are fans of the fan. There are, fan, there are fans of many fans. There's unique. a few fans in the building. <laughs> it's That's unique. Right. It's unique. I think it's nice to keep original, some original things. As much as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Have original fabric where we can. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're trying to preserve the building and bring it into 21st century. That's good. 
And, and, and the big goal is preserve Belmont's historic center. The architecture of that says that we've had great years behind us, but the new building, the expansion, is a more contemporary addition because it says to the little ones, our best years are ahead of us. So the message, the social messaging of a, of a building is very important. We're preserving our past, but we're looking to the future. And I think that's an important message for a, a town like Belmont. One of the ways we were able to link the, the, the expansion and the existing building together is there used to be a window where Chief McIsaac is standing um, and, that, and the floor was open, um, but, but we built a new floor over that. And so under that protection is new maple, right? So that's new. And so we were able to cut that and make that corridor. But then down this corridor here, there is a, a former evidence room, um, which was perhaps the worst evidence room that I've ever seen. Um, and, and we cut a hole in the back wall and made that. So now there's a loop that goes around the building that, that we can travel through. So just watch your step through here. So this is the loop that I'm talking about. We can come down this corridor. This way goes into the new building um, and we can walk all the way around. This used to be an office, is now a, 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 just an office copy center kind of area. There are still offices on the periphery that we've rebuilt. The windows have been replaced. Um, restroom, not a ton to see down here, but, but all, all upgraded, all improved um, uh, qualities and conditions of the building. If we move through here, um, this used to be a small room that was used for evidence. Um, the floor has been changed, watch your step. And you see there's an expansion joint between the building. I talked about structure, that this building is, is structurally stabilized. This building has its own structure and they move independently. So in theory, if one of them falls, this is the expansion that allows that to happen. Neither of them are gonna fall. But if they did, that is a piece that allows them to move independently because a brick building moves differently than a steel frame building. And so they need to flex and move a little bit. Here's the elevator up on this floor. So I can come out of this elevator, I can roll down the hall, I can go see Chief McIsaac, and, and, and no one has ever been able to do that before. That's a huge social benefit for this building. Well, I know that um, there was talk that the elevator may not have been possible, and if that was the case, they probably would have torn down the building. So what made it possible? So. What made it possible is just some inventive thinking. We, 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 uh, it was proposed in a, previously to be on the outside of the building that was blocking traffic, and um, the town was told they couldn't put it anywhere else. And when we came into the conversation, that was said to me, and I said, I, I don't understand that because I've put many elevators inside of buildings, on the outside of buildings, and this one would simply go from the inside to the outside because this is the outside of the old building. We're standing right behind the old building. So it was going to go from the inside to the outside, but we still needed a lobby to get from this door into there. And there was still some discussion going on, and I said, well, what if we just took that lobby and went like that and made it much bigger and just do, drew a bigger rectangle Suddenly that solved the, the, the space problem and we no longer needed to throw a building away. We were able to expand it and do it for a very, in a cost-effective manner and ultimately save the town $30 million by doing that. There might be some nice photos back there of the, you can see the old brick back there. I don't know if you're getting, but that's... <laughs> the old brick is up there. You can see the old, uh, the, the back of the building. Oh, wow, that's cool.
Um, behind me, once we drew that large rectangle working with the building committee, uh, Steve Rosales um, said, we need a stair to get out of that building if we're going to have that. And this has been referenced as the Rosales stair for the entire time. So behind us is the emergency egress stair to get down to the first floor. There's also a stair here to get up to the roof, just a functionary thing, um, but, but to work on mechanical equipment up above. Um, other, um, if I'm going to be interviewed as a candidate to work for the police department, this would be that room where that happens. Um, the detectives, the detectives used to be in the old building in a very small um, cramped room, and now they're going to move into this room which is much larger, and there are going to be um, detective stations around the perimeter of the room. They get plenty of natural light looking out onto the side. There's, there's going to be a common work table in here. Um, and because they're in furniture um, and, and uh, have transitory desks and not a lot of privacy, um, if they need to, do a, to take a personal call or do some investigative work, there's a small room next to us. And that room is a phone booth, fundamentally, small meeting room, small, con small conversations. If someone needs to call their daughter or their doctor or talk about a specific case um, outside of this room, that's where the detectives would go to do that. So this is the, the, the loop back to the existing building. Uh, the little blue area, again, was a window and that we simply cut down low. Um, and we're traveling through there um, to get back into the other side. Um, one of the other pieces that is concealed in the building that I probably should have mentioned is that in order to build, I talked about the structural separation, existing building to new building with the expansion joint. But in order to build here, we could not simply bear on the existing building. It wouldn't support it. But we realized that we had an elevator here, an elevator tower on this side. Um, and we were building a sally port on that side with some, some concrete block wall and a stair here, and, so, and, and a wall this way. And so what happens along that interior wall and along the exterior wall is there's a full story truss. There's a truss that goes from floor to ceiling, and so there are diagonals that travel through um, along that, and they span from the elevator to the exterior wall, from the stair to the exterior wall. And so it's not bearing on the floor, on the, on the part of the, the historic part of the building below us. It has its own structural system. So not only could that building fall down and the building below us fall down, and this floor would stay here. So it's a structurally independent piece based on that full story truss that's on both sides. That also set in place where the exterior windows go. Because that truss, the windows are, are right between the diagonals, just touching the diagonals wherever the, 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 the pieces are. The windows are corner to corner within the, within the bracing of that, that full story truss. There's quite a bit of uh, structural, um, for to make a simple box, there's quite a bit of structural uh, work that's going on in there. <clears throat> oh, one thing we didn't talk about. Um, behind these doors, this is an evidence processing lab behind this door, and this is evidence storage. So I, I joked that they had a tiny little corridor size um, evidence um, room. Well, now this is going to be um, the evidence storage, and it goes into here, but also into um, what was the assistant chief's office is now all evidence storage. But more importantly, um, one of the things that happens that is not installed yet, um, please watch your step, um, in, the, in the opening in this wall um, will be evidence lockers. 
And so if I'm bringing evidence into the, into the um, station, there's chain of command that's critical. Um, and one would be able to come up to here, put the, open the, 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 the evidence locker, put the evidence inside, close it, and then that officer is done with that. On the inside would be another officer who would handle all the, all the evidence from that side in. And there's security cameras that go from when they, when they enter the building to this point, capturing uh, all of the aspects of that. So there's so chain, of, chain of custody, um, I said chain of command, but chain of custody from entrance to this point as well as inside. So something that's never been part of the police station before, they've never had in place, is now going to be here. So we're in the basement, and I think we'll start in the, the heart of the basement, the heart of the building, which is the mechanical room. <clears throat> the locker room's always in the basement? It's not the most beautiful room to some, but this room used to have one giant boiler that took up this entire space and was very inefficient, and, uh, and it was on its last legs for about five years, and the town kept patching it and patching it and patching it. Um, and as we were starting the project, there was a push to try and change the boilers, get them in here early because that, that boiler was about to die. But we were able to get two very energy efficient boilers in here. There's a hot water storage back there. Um, also, along the back wall, it's very hard to see, uh, there's the new sprinkler system that, that feeds the building. So it comes in up above, and it comes down and, and, and feeds the whole building from here. All the new electrical systems uh, uh, on this wall um, that lead out to a new generator that we'll see in a bit, but the generator is outside there uh, through that, through that and, and, and powers the whole building. Um, so uh, there are a number of systems, system-wide changes that are, that are in place uh, that weren't here before. So um, one of the elements that um, needed to be put in place um, was a, a, a locker room with gender equity. Part of the, um, when we started the project, the, the mandate was a sally port, an elevator, and, and gender equity uh, facilities because there was, there was a moderate men's locker room, but there was really a terrible women's locker room. And so this is the women's locker room. Um, it's brand new. There's also a, a nursing room, a mother's room inside the women's locker room. Um, and so it has some, uh, some wonderful amenities. This is the this is the uh, the mother's room where someone can and sit. Uh, these are all new lockers that have been um, put in. Um, they're all professional, state-of-the-art lockers um, for police, uh, and they have storage everywhere, uniform hanging, uh, charging stations for electronics throughout. There's drawers up above and below. I think these are locked. Um, a bench, really appropriate for. Um, uh, a police force like this. Uh, there's a couple lockers there, and then uh, restroom facilities that are much better. The, the earlier ones, I don't know if you remember the earlier ones, but they were, they were awful. And so, so these are uh, handicapped accessible, they're clean, they're professional, they're polished, um, and there's shower facilities down at the end, which the women really didn't have before, uh, but there are showers uh, down at the, end of the, at the end of the space here. 
So we're in the fitness center. The, what, what originally was the fitness, used to be the fitness center, um, and we've modified it in a few different ways. We um, put an elevator in the center of it. So this is where the elevator starts in the building um, from, the, from the ground up. But the slab had to be cut out from where the chief is standing to here in order to build this down. So the entire floor was cut out and all the way up the building, floors were cut out, all the wood framing floors were cut out in order to put a shaft that goes from here um, to the roof. Uh, and and um, the, the fitness center will then be, this is all a new gym floor um, and there'll be um, all the equipment, all the fitness equipment will be, will come, you know, be put, in, put back in place throughout this area. The men's locker room is on this side. So this is the men's locker room, very similar to the women's, only a little larger. Um, pink and blue, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, lockers throughout uh, a corridor, they, it wraps around, goes around that size, so the ease of movement throughout the locker room, um, all the way through, comes out the other side over here. Again, we're in the garage. This used to be garage doors behind us. Um, this is the, the location. This used to be a wall right here, and we cut that wall apart in order to drive the, to, to design the locker room to get it to fit, but also that, to bring the vehicles in and, and build the elevator. So that when I was talking about something being open before, this is the wall that was cut open to make that happen. And, and how much bigger is the men's locker room now than from what it was? It's twice the size it's of what it was. Twice. And it has professional lockers with all the accoutrements. Proper ventilation, the, the previous room didn't have proper ventilation, they had beat up old lockers, they didn't have benches, they didn't have electrical in the lockers, all sorts of things. They were more high school gym lockers than professional lockers. The men's restroom is at the, end, the other side of this. Um, again, there was one gang shower in the previous restroom, now there's two individual showers And it's just a nice, clean, open, uh, functional room uh, as, it, as it needs to be. So the building used to end right here. This was the outside of the building. And one of the pieces that we did was add on from here this way. Yes, these are, these are terracotta tile, terracotta um, uh, block. Um, and they're from 1930s, yeah. Storage throughout here. The police um, have many items that they need to store in many different ways. Um, there's a, a, always a collection of bicycles. There's all sorts of things that come in. Uh, files for any sort of um, investigations or criminal cases have to be stored forever. Um, and so that forever storage is something like this, the loft up above here, the mezzanine area. Um, there's ammunition that's stored for police, of course, um, and that is in a secure bunker sort of room with a concrete roof and concrete block walls, very secure. Um, and then, of course, we took over where the police cruisers used to park, and now we have police cruiser parking here. And I don't know where the light switch is. There it is. Wow. 
And so this will be, um, this is also, this is for parking cruisers in here and also for storage up above. And what you're seeing right now stored in here are components of the exterior of the building. All of this insulation will still be put on the exterior of the, of the new building, of the expanded part of the building. Um, and that's where, what all that is about. But again, this replaces, um, it's pretty similar in size, maybe slightly wider um, than what they had before, but it's an essential part of the police station and we were able to provide storage. Um, it's actually much deeper than, than was there before. But the way it's built above here is parking for the, that we looked at outside behind the holding cells. The holding cells are above that part of the building. And so the sally port and the holding cells are above that part. And then from here over is parking up above with, with the, uh, uh, the storage, the garage down below. And we were able to do that because the grade is at two different heights, right? The grade up here is high as you come in and the grade down here is very low. So we drive in here right off the, right off the um, grade height. So we're looking at the exterior of the building here, and these used to be the former garages um, on that side of the building, and now the garages are over here. Behind the garages on this side, the former garages are the locker rooms, um, and, and we have the expanded building on this side. Um, again, that's its own structure moving up that side, and it's holding up the the the, the full story truss that I talked about on the upper floor. It's bearing on this building, this portion of the building right here, and on the new stair tower that goes through on that side, but it's not structurally touching this part of the building. And you can see again, that gray gap in between the two buildings so it can move independently. Um, this, this here is all new. This is all new. And okay. there'll be new siding on that. That's the new terracotta siding that will be arriving and this is original except for the top there's a third above floor the dish. brick is the new piece that's a third floor dish. yes okay and that third floor is the one that's structurally independent than the existing building in case of a earthquake in case of an earthquake which we actually <laughs> recently had a fix we did who would think right in massachusetts November, November 8th there was an earthquake in right. buzzards bay and right. we felt the effects right yeah. So this will all be as it was before parking. This will all be paved once again uh, uh, very soon. Um, and um, uh, there'll be some parking along the back and we'll be putting up a new fence be to separate us from the uh, train, the MBTA line. Um, and there is a new generator around that side that might be worth taking a quick look at. Um, and then we'll work our way up and out, I think. And Ted, is there uh there's definitely more parking with this project? There's more parking here than there was prior, yes, because we've, we were able to expand the parking lot up top. There's a significant retaining wall. We were able to build some more land over there um, and, and on top of the big slope that used to be in place. Um, and so we have more parking up above and more parking down below by virtue of properly planning the parking. So here we're looking at the expanded building, the retaining wall, that's where the expanded parking is, 
the new electric generator for when the power, if and when the power goes off, if we get hit with that earthquake or a storm and the building loses power, as an emergency facility, it will not go out of, the, 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 the generator turns on and powers up the entire building. Belmont Light has been fantastic to work with. They have been a great partner in this project as a new transformer and electric feeds that run up to the street. They've been fantastic. Every, in fact, every department, sorry, every department in the, in the town has been really fantastic to work with. And from what I understand, the abutters have been very cooperative. Right. The abutters have been great to work with. We had, we had a lot of discussion um, going back into design meetings. They would come to design meetings and we would talk about screening with landscaping or we talk about how we're going to modify this and how they're going to modify that. Um, they, in, in fact, did a little bit of work in their yard and needed some access through the construction site. And so they coordinated with the, the contractors to, to make that happen. And so that was all, this was the access pass. Because very soon, this will no longer be accessible. There'll be a shed here um, and there'll be some parking here. So that was the last real chance they could get to get to their backyard. Wow. So Ted, let's talk about this historic exterior of, of this historic police station and, and how you are preserving it, keeping it in its, its original condition as part of the project? Yeah. One of the important parts of the building um, was to preserve the facade, preserve as much of the original fabric as we possibly could. Um, and if we start at the roof and work our way down, we repaired many aspects of the roof and it's still in process of, of being repaired, um, but we kept as much of the original slate as we possibly could. Um, the brick um, and woodwork on the way down was all preserved as much as we possibly could. In fact, um, the mortar that holds the brick together, um, we had an, an analysis done to understand the, the, the original recipe that made the mortar, and we had the contractors recreate that recipe, um, and we worked with them um, hand in hand to actually get the joint tooling properly, because the way they did the joint tooling in the 1930s is very different than the way we do things today, but we were replicating something here and we were repairing portions of the building. That's why it's, it's discolored in various areas uh, because they're still working on those areas. So it was preservation from the top all the way down, taking off all of the vines and all of the debris, cleaning the building, getting it back to its, as close to its historic nature as possible, rebuilding the front steps, which was a critical item, Apparently a truck had hit the front steps many years ago and apparently it had been the front steps had been repaired a few times But very often the repairs were done in the winter and so they were always in this state of decay This time we were able to rebuild them properly Aging infrastructure always needs to be focused on and taken care of in, in different ways and so uh, This this building in particular needed some care. It was too precious in my mind we're 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 contemporary architects. We build new contemporary buildings all the time. But this building in this town, it speaks to the town hall, it speaks to the buildings nearby, and it's part of the historic fabric. And the idea of putting a few million dollars into the building and then mothballing it and trying to build a new police station somewhere in town didn't resonate with me. I couldn't understand the town's real estate position because what do you do with an historic building that has so much history, has so much civil history, so part of, part of the fabric of the town. 
and if we could preserve it and, and, and expand it, then why don't we do that? And that's what we ended up doing. That's been the, the success of the project, was to be able to expand, preserve and expand that building. And how do you describe this as our type of architecture? The Georgian, Georgian buildings. Georgian, Georgian yeah. which was very popular yeah. in the 1930s? Yes, it was, yes. Well, thank, thank you for the tour, Ted. Thank you very much. It was a great tour, much. and uh, glad that we, the town hired you as the architect for this project. Thank you for that, and I look forward to the ribbon cutting and, and sharing it with everyone else. So I'm here with Anne-Marie Mahoney now. She is the chairwoman of the building committee for this new police station project. She's also the chairwoman of our capital budget committee in the town, and she also chaired the, the public works building committee. I don't know how you do it all, Anne-Marie. I don't know either, I, <laughs> except that I so wanted to get this done. It was really, it became a personal crusade for me to well, get both of these buildings done because these, you know, DPW and police don't have any cheerleaders out there like a library or a school does. So. Well, I know this was 20 years in the making because I remember you said that at the groundbreaking last July. Yep, yep. 20 years is a long time. Why it did it take so long? I don't know. You know, it's always about money. Where do we get the money to make this work? And for the police, it was where do we get a site? Until we decided that we could make it work right here as opposed to going somewhere else. You know, it was always on the back burner. We got no place to put them and we don't have any money, so we can't think about it now. I know you explored options. I know you explored rebuilding it in the DPW yard I, yep. and, I, and then, and I think th there was just concern about whether or not this could be renovated to today's standards. And so how did you come, how did this come to fruition finally? Um, I think through, you know, feasibility study, what can we do? And the decision was made that they wanted to preserve the historic building. And so once that decision came along, it was, okay, how do we make this work? And so we started with a simple addition, I think as Ted was saying inside, you know, let's get an elevator, let's get a little more space, and let's see what we can do with the existing building. Well, that then morphed into what you see today, which is double the existing space everything that's needed, you know, those evidence rooms, conference rooms, really nice locker room space, gender equity, all of that, in addition to renovating the existing building and preserving the historic character. So we kind of got it all done on the site, which was a minor miracle, and we've even picked up some more parking. So it's not to love. And from what I understand, the architect was really key with this project. Oh, Ted has been awesome. Yeah, he really has. Very creative, very thoughtful. He's worked very, very well with our building committee and with the police department. And he just was able to come up with all the right things to make it work. You know, little by little by little. You know, building committee would meet with him week after week after week, and it would gradually sort of evolve into what you see today. So we are very, very pleased with his work. And what about the final price tag? Are, are you pleased with that? I know there might have been some unexpected things that came up, but you were able to still get the additional funds without um, hitting the taxpayers still. This is, it's an amazing right. this thing. Right. Whole, whole project is done under the cap. So there was no debt exclusion. There's no additional taxes to the taxpayer in Belmont. Yes, we hit some unexpected issues, mostly to do with soils. I say to people, I've learned more about dirt than I ever wanted to know. Um, there were soil conditions on the site that none of us expected. Even though we did test borings, we still didn't realize the extent of the soils issue. So we did need a little extra money, which we were able to get from the town to, to alleviate that, to remedy that. Um, and in addition, 
people and groups have been very generous. We received a $100,000 grant from the Belmont Savings Bank Foundation, and that's what funded all those lockers that you saw. Um, we've had individual donations, Liz and Graham Allison. Uh, we've had uh, promises of donations for landscaping from Roger Colton and Anne Luger. Uh, what else? Uh, CPA money, of course, that has done the whole exterior of the historic building, as well as a second request from CPA to do those front steps. So we've, we've done very well. People have been generous. Uh, Warren Committee has helped us out on some of the soils issues. So we're very pleased. And, you know, we'll see what the final price tag is when it's done. You know, right now we're not quite done yet. And so, you know, when the, the final accounting is done, then we'll know. Do you have like an estimate? I don't want to say right now until we really are completely done. I think, I think oh, when I last reported on it, it might have been like 11 million. Again, I don't want to say because I'm going to have someone from the Warren Committee calling me if I give you a number. The majority of the funding is coming from where? It's coming from a number of sources. It's coming from a capital budget. It's coming from some capital turnbacks. The major portion of the money for both facilities was bonded. If you'll recall, um, let me think. 7.3 million was bonded uh, two years ago and a year ago, another 3.5 million. And so paying off those bonds will come out of operating money. It'll be mostly capital money. What's your favorite part of this project? I love so much of it. I think the locker rooms came out so nice. And I think people, you know, the officers, particularly the female officers are gonna be so excited when they see those and start using them. But I think Jamie and I agree that we love the conference room area, the glass wall, the windows, you know, the bright blue color, everything about that is just really happy and upbeat while still being professional. Well, Anne Maria, it was great talking to you. I yeah, really look forward to, to uh, covering the ribbon, ribbon cutting event. I hope that by the time we're ready to cut the ribbon, we can all be here in person without our masks. And as I said at uh, September town meeting, and we can all be sharing some cake. I'm all about the cake. <laughs> One other quick question. Sure. Um, here we are today is November 12th. Yep. 2020. Uh, when do you expect this to be completed? What, what is left to be done? Um, dispatch is going to start moving in pretty soon. They have to work through the state. And Jamie actually gave you more information on that. Um, all the furnishings have to come in. You saw as we walked through, a lot of touch-up paint, a lot of doorways, a lot of final finishes need to be done. So we're anticipating that they can start moving in maybe in January, and that ideally by the end of February, everybody's back in, and then spring will come and we'll do the landscaping and we'll be able to have an open house. Did everything go the way you hoped it would with this project as, as far as the timeline? Yes, uh, particularly given COVID, and given some of the issues we ran into with the soils and the site, I think we've done very, very well with the timeline. Contractor has been very good to work with. We've been very pleased with him and all the people who've worked here have really been very cooperative. Thank you, Anne-Marie. You're welcome. I'm, I'm now with Belmont Police Chief James McIsaac. He started his new role in January of 2020. It's been almost a year. You never expected COVID to be added to your, to your responsibilities uh, as police chief. And, and what a year you've had, right? Yeah, it's been an exciting year, that's for sure. Um, a lot of challenges. 
And, and of course, this was a big part of your, your role as police chief overseeing this uh, project. So how do you feel about it? How do you feel about how it's coming out, where we are today? I'm excited about the project. You know, when uh, we began, um, way back when, when we had discussions about putting an elevator in the building, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think Chief McLaughlin and I were on the same page that we expected to hear that you couldn't put an elevator in the building and you needed a new building. And we anticipated that we would have a brand new building. And Ted Galante, the architect, when he came in, he looked right at us and said, you're not going to like what I have to say, but I can put an elevator in that building. And um, it's just, it's, it's an amazing building right now. I said, two weeks ago, I was telling people, I think we're going to have the nicest building in town when this is completed. And it's something that I think the, the residents can be proud of and the, uh, the, the police officers and the employees that work in the building will be proud of it and um, we're excited about it. Well, how do you think this Belmont Police Station, this newly renovated, added on to Belmont Police Station compares to other modern police stations? It's, it's right up there and I'll even, you know, the architecture in this building and the design as you went through the building, I think this is a lot more friendly building um, I've seen newer police buildings that have, you know, that are adequate. They have, well, more than adequate. But the environment is, I don't want to say sterile, but it's its not what this is. This is very, you know, they've maintained the character of the building. It matches well with the, the buildings across the street. It's a very welcoming building, and, um, you know, we're excited about working in it. And what's your favorite part of the historic side of the building that you're glad is being preserved? Well, I think the the offices on the second floor and, and the front of the building um, that are being preserved, I think, um, are, are well worth saving. Um, they're in good shape, and, and the, the space is adequate. And so I like that, that area of the building. And, you know, the two things that we needed to, the three things that we needed to address were, were addressed. You know, we needed a new uh, prisoner processing area. Uh, you know, the old one was, was unsafe. We needed adequate facilities for our female officers. We, we will have that now. And we have an elevator in the building, so people uh, can come visit us, they can come upstairs, they can meet with the chief, and, um, and we're excited about it. That's exciting. And what is your favorite part of the new building? I like the, the room we're in, which would be the Liz and uh, Graham Allison uh, conference room. We've never, and I know that sounds funny, but as, as the chief or anyone who ever sat on the Warren Committee or other meeting can attest to, when they would come over to here to have meetings, we would either be cramped in a conference room around the chief's table or any other meetings that we had to hold as a department, we would either have to hold at the Beach Street Center or across the street at Town Hall. So now we have a room in, in our station that will, uh, will provide us with the opportunity to meet with the public in here and um, you know, even hold some training in here. It'd be nice. What would you say was, was the most challenging part of, of this project? Well. For me and, and for the department, I think it was the unknown of moving operations down to um, the DPW yard, which, were, which were, was very successful and we relied on the help uh, from other town departments in, in collaboration with them. Um, but you know, it's, been, it's a great building committee. Uh, it's a, we have a great architect and we have a great contractor. And so we've just, and um, it's, everything has just worked out very well for us. I know, I know there was talk of relocating the building to, and, and basically, I don't know if they were gonna tear down this building or just try to use it for something else, find another use, and they would rebuild a new police station on the Public Works campus. Um, 
How do you feel now that they, they decided not to do that? Well, we, there was always a discussion of whether we could use this building or, you know, we would be better off in a, in a brand new facility down the DPW yard. And, you know, have not have an experience of an architect or being in the, in the trades, you know, building, you know, it, it, it seemed more of a logical thing to me to build a new building. But after uh, the presentations that were done and, and um, Ted's, you know, the architect's work and everything, that this was, this certainly was the right place for us. And, you know, there is, there's a lot to be said to be in the center of town, um, you know, and, and, and to stay there. It's, it's been here since the building was built. And, um, you know, so this is, a, this is a good location for us. I agree. I mean, I myself am a Belmont resident, and I did like the idea of keeping it here yeah. in the center of town and not hidden. And I think to talk about going down the DPW yard was when there was the unknown of whether we could do what we did in the, in, in the current location, uh, whether or not that could be accomplished. And, you know, we've proven that it, it can be. So when, oh, how, how, how does the staff feel about it? Have they seen it? Have any of your staff? They have. They're, and they're, uh, they're looking forward to it. You know, some of the officers have come in and they've looked at the locker rooms and they've, they've looked around and they're, they're pleased with what they see. Um, you know, it's, it's especially if they experience the old building, right? That's right. Yeah, um, and night you know, and day. night and day. Yeah, and you know, it makes their job easier. The old building, when we had a prisoner, um, you know, if something went wrong, or, or you know, it was it was gonna it was re gonna rest on the officer's shoulders, you know, that we're working that day. So this, you know, we have a nice safe environment here now. Uh, we have a prisoner processing area that can be free of firearms. Whereas before, as Ted mentioned on his uh, tour, you know, we'd have people eating or we'd have civilians coming down the same hallway that we were taking uh, prisoners down and, 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 you know, we're in the booking process. And, and, and there was also really no privacy for the person that was arrested. Um, you know, there would someone come in the building and would see them there. And we also didn't have privacy in the old building for people that might have wanted to come in and, and make a report of, uh, you know, that may have been a victim of a crime. So we have, you know, we have ample space now and, um, you know, we're, we're like a real police department in that, in that sense. And I know at the old building there was no handicap accessibility and that, that must have posed many challenges. That's right. As Chief McLaughlin would, would say over and over again, he'd have people call him and he'd say, well, I can't, you can't come upstairs and see me. I have to, to see you downstairs. There were times when I used to have meet people at Brugger's because um, it was just a lot easier to meet somebody at Brugge's than have them try to come come up here and uh, you know come into the station. So when are you moving in? When is moving day? Well, we, we one good thing right now that we have is the town has purchased the modular trailers down at the DPW yard that we're in. So we're not under any uh, deadline to to get out. Oh, that's good. So that we can the move back can be done right and and, and it can be done when we're ready ready to do it and um, you know so we're not under any pressure to, to come out so I anticipate it would probably be um, you know some you know maybe January February whatever uh, time you know that, that we figure it's right for us if, the, if we're in terrible snowstorms we're not gonna move out in the middle of a you know a, you know let's hope not bad weather yeah what are your hopes for the future of this building well, I hope it's going to serve the town for uh, long past my career. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be, as I, as I said before, I think that the, the residents can be proud of this building. Um, it certainly uh, has been, um, you know, done with no uh, additional uh, tax override or debt exclusion. 
which I think should make um, the building committee very proud and the, and the select board proud and the town administrator. Uh, everybody did a really good job on it. But I think um, it's, it's, it's a good building, and I think it's going to uh, improve the efficiency of the police department, improve the, the overall morale of the department, and, um, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good for the town. It was great talking to you, Chief. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on Belmont Buzz and talk about the new police station, give us a tour. And I'm um, happy that you are a new chief, and I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I hope you all enjoyed today's show and got a really good look at this project, which is a really great project for the town of Belmont. Instead of tearing down and rebuilding the police station, we managed to renovate it and add on to save the town money. It didn't cost taxpayers anything, and I think it will last for another 50 years, which will, which will be really great for the town of Belmont. <laughs>